the Magus of Muscle, the Baphomet of Barbells, has finally joined us on officially on a podcast. This is awesome, bro. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How are you feeling? What's up? Pretty good, man. Just got done lifting. How about you? Same, actually. I've been trying to you, – you might be proud of me. I've been trying to get more strong and more swole after taking a break from the weights for a while. I'm back at it. I've, ca- I've caught the virus again, you know. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, tr- I try to be well-rounded in my fitness approach because I teach yoga and do all, all kinds of other crazy shit. So sometimes I take a little break, but now it's bulktober. So we're, we're getting back to the heavy iron and it feels really good. Nice. What do you, what have you been up to training wise? Uh, really just playing around, honestly, because I just got done with those. The past two months I've had a strongman competition back in August and then one actually two weeks ago. So now I'm just having fun with it, not doing any type of programming, just going and just hitting some random stuff. Good, man. What is a – well, I, I guess a good a good place to start for this, you know, since you are a trainer in the Army, just to get people to know you a little bit better. Uh, let's talk about, like, your background a little bit. Like, what got you started in lifting and, like, what, how, it, uh, how it evolved from there, if you don't mind. Well, honestly, I started when I was, like, 14 – and basically, the goal back then was to just look like Triple H. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> Pro wrestling got me into lifting weights. And then it just progressed throughout the years, like, with just, like, normal bro splits to competitive powerlifting, then to recently now strongman. So, like, I'm just trying to cover the board and become a well-rounded strength athlete. So it's always been based on weights for you, like heavy weight. Yeah, for, for the most part, yeah. Like I, I did some calisthenics back in the day too, but whenever I got my first barbell set, like they were thrown out the window. <laughs> nice. How did um, how'd you go about training at first? Like did I had you, uh, look up something. Did somebody? Did you have a mentor? My uncle. He was a big deadlifter. Okay. So, like, I remember being a kid and watching him, like, pick up the back end of a of a Volkswagen Beetle that he had and just thinking it was the coolest shit I've ever seen. Fuck yeah. But he could, he could deadlift six, about 185. And, like, he would just give me this list of stuff to do. And, like, he didn't tell me how to split it up. So, like, I would just do this full body routine every day, someday, twice a day, all compound movements. And I guess it just built like a, a really good base for me. Yeah. Cause you know, when you're, you're 14, 15, you're just, you're an anabolic machine anyway. <laughs> yes, for sure. Especially for a beginner weightlifter too. You can get away with doing that probably every day. Oh yeah. There's no way I could do a full body split every day now. No, nah. but that that's something I recommend to people that are just starting is just hit full body splits for a while. Yeah. Full body, like three, four times a week. Yeah. Just to get a, like used to the movements, learning your own mechanics. Right. Do you still want to look like Triple H? Is that still a goal? Yeah, I kind of look like a mini Triple H I now. Gonna, so I was going <laughs> to say you kind of you kind of achieved the goal. I feel like <laughs> your inner child must be happy. That's dope, man. Well, you're. Well, I mean, I think you're selling yourself a little short. You're pretty accomplished in the powerlifting realm, especially. You know, from what I understand, like you've you've won multiple competitions, and you're you're not you're not like 
from what I was, I never met you in person, unfortunately, but you're a big dude, but you're not that big of a dude. So for how your size, Frank and Jan says you're, you're like one of the strongest people he's ever been in the gym with. Yeah. It's weird because like, I don't see it, but like other people see me as like a hell of a lot bigger than what I am. Cause like I walk around, my walk around weights like 175 to 181. And the first strongman competition I did, I was in the warmups and like I was warming up with the 220 guys and like they all thought I was a 220 guy until one of them asked me, he's like, dude, just like, how much do you weigh? I was like 175. He was like, no, no, no. You got to be warming up over here with these guys. <laughs> and wow. like the guys in, in that class, in the 181 class, like they were trying to figure out who the third 181 was. And then I told them it was me and they thought I was a 220 guy. Maybe you're just, I mean, kind of, you're kind of ripped too. I mean, you're not fat by any stretch of the imagination. So like a lot of power lifters, I feel like have the connotation of being a little heavier, a little, little, little fatter, a little sloppier looking. You retain a pretty cut physique, which makes you look bigger. Yeah. And plus, like I, I kind of did like a, a 10 year bulk because I went from 155 to 255. And then I cut back down to where I'm at now. Oh shit! So you went yeah. on like a was it like a dirty bulk? Or you just were you just doing? Not really. No. My issue was like I was eating really high carb, and then I would get ha hammered on the weekends. So like, yeah, I was a weekend warrior. So that's really what got me. Dude, I did that for fucking years. You cut that out. It's amazing. You'll lose weight like nothing else. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just like everyday life just feels better. Like. Absolutely. I had issues like real bad anger issues and anxiety and all that. Just it just left whenever I quit drinking. And you take it out on the waist, I'm sure that helps too. It's our it's our therapy. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> when did you start wanting to get into more uh training people or did people ask you first? It kind of just happened because like even back when I was still kind of a noob, like people were always asking what I did to get so big. They were always wanting to work out with me. So then I was, I just had the epiphany one day. I was just like, you know, why don't I get paid for this? Right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate your service. There's no question about it, man. What do you, um, when you're working with a new client, is every, is every single one different of how you approach it? Or do you have a, a similar training like philosophy with across the board? No, I always go different. Cause you know, I've got people that are just, some people that are powerlifting based, some people that are strong, man. Yeah. And I've got some people that, you know, just want to be in shape. So, like, you got to find what really works for them, what's going to keep them motivating. Uh, and you also got to look at their leverage points. Like, this person isn't going to deadlift the same way as this other person. Sure. But if they go on YouTube, someone tries to tell them, like, there's a one setup for deadlift, this is it. There's no other way to deadlift. And, like, I just end up working with people trying to – getting them used to how their body works. That's important, man. I feel like even at this level, I mean, that how long we've been doing it, like, I feel like I'm still trying to figure out my squat, my deadlift, and my bench press to the optimal thing. I feel like it's like a kind of a lifelong quest and it changes over time. It does. Your leverage has changed as, as, as you get bigger, get leaner, whatever. Because, yeah. like, I'm not squatting or benching or deadlifting even. 
like I was five years ago. Like my stance is completely different. And I'm sure five years down the road, it'll probably be completely different than how it is now. Right. Well, that's important for people to realize. I feel like that's why they need a strength. A strength coach can really do a lot in that realm. Even for someone that's experienced like me, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you would be able to look at my squad or any move to be in tweak it so you know we get the most success out of it and I feel like that's missed on a lot on a lot of people that just think personal training or coaching or whatever is just about motivation but there's like a especially being close to Frank and Jan which we'll talk about his training John Simmons for for those of you that don't know his his fake Instagram name uh you know I've learned that from him man it's like a um, it's like a crazy like almost meditative process like I said like power lifters like dissecting and breaking down like their movements. Um, and that's something I never experienced before until I trained with him. And um, what, what do you, um, what do you do with, with, with somebody like, what's the first thing you look for in a, in a, in a compound lift, right? Like when, like when somebody's trying, like setting, do you, do you start from the setup? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the whole thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. The whole thing, like the setup and the initial brace before you actually perform the movement is the main thing I focus on. Cause that's a lot, a lot of people screw up right there, especially on the bench press. A lot of people do not brace hard enough on the bench press and their whole core is just loose. So whenever they bring it down, say they're going for a one rep max. Once they bring it down, their core isn't tight enough to compete to build that kinetic energy that it just crushes them. Do you think that's the most common mistake you see? Yeah. Bracing. Bracing is probably the number one. So how does somebody, I mean, cause now that I'm thinking about it, I probably don't do it enough. How do, what is, how does somebody correct that? In your- um, trying to word it right. Like, is it j- you just wanna- about positioning yourself? All about positioning and you want to fill your diaphragm with air. So like, instead of breathing up and down, you want to breathe in and out. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So yeah, like, for sure. you want to brace your ab, like breathe into your abdomen, like you're about to receive a punch. Right. And that just keeps like your whole center tight. That makes sense. That's that. Yeah. You don't, you think of that more on a squat or a deadlift or an overhead press or a compound movement, but I, I feel like that gets lost on, on us in a, in a bench press. You know, you don't think about that. I feel like bench isn't traditionally thought of as a total body movement until you you talk about it in like powerlifting terms. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like the initial leg drive. Like I know so many people that just ask me questions on how I bench the way I do. I'm just like the majority of my bench prep power comes from my legs. And they're like, what? How do you use your legs on a bench press? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took me, it took it takes a while to learn. Do you yeah, just drive your heels in or are you up on your toes? No, nah, I'm on my heels. I used to be on my toes, but over the years, I guess my lower back just got more flexible because I get a crazy arch. Uh-huh. So now I'm just flat foot. Is that the only benefit to coming up on your toes is getting a bigger arch? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because like I'm like my press power is not any different but like i think just it it may have put me in a better position in the beginning but now it's just not mechanically good for me right well you you started taking over um 
John's Frank and John's training when he, after he had his surgery, you know, for mm-hmm. he's been, it's been all over our social media, but for those people that don't know, Frank and John's our athlete with one, one leg ish, one and a half legs. I guess <laughs> I'm not going to give him credit for, yeah, he has one and a half legs and uh, he's a competitive power lifter. He's, he's a beast. So when you started working with him more closely, uh, what was that like for you at first? And how have you progressed that? Because he's doing fucking awesome, by the way. First of all, I have to compliment you because his training, I mean, he loves it. And he oh, me updates every day and you fucking destroy him. And he just like loves it. Oh, yeah. He eats it up and just comes back for more and more. Yeah. He's a freaking beast. He is. He, he's also the first person I've ever worked with that had any type of like disability, amputee, whatever. Yeah. And like his goal was to get, you know, he wanted, he said he wanted to squat 400 pounds and we got him to 405, dude. I was so ecstatic for that squat when he sent me that. I know. He was, he was so cool about it too. You know, yeah, he had like, it was like not that big of a deal. It was funny. (laughs) (laughs) He's so laid back and humble. I know. That's what I love about him. But he is, um, I mean, it's, it's so mental with him too. He has like the mental drive and work ethic of a fucking gladiator, that guy, you know? He does. He does. No matter what I program him, he'll go through it. Like, for instance, the other day, I programmed him 20 sets of deadlift. He sent that to me. He said he, he sent me the workouts. I know. <laughs> Did you approach it any differently, being that he was, you know, an amputee or a dis- disability, anything like that? Or did you just work with him like anybody else? In the beginning, I kind of I kind of babied it a little bit to see what what he could do. But then once I realized, like, damn, he, he can actually move better than when he had both legs. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That, he got better. Yeah. So that's whenever I started really just hammering it, hammering it, and hammering it, and hammering it. And, dude, like, the way I train John is really similar to how I train myself now. A lot of volume? A lot of vo- – well, not so much with volume, but a lot of, like, higher intensity, lower, lower rep ranges. But like for me, like 10 sets of two, like hypes me the fuck up. Like I would rather do that as to do two sets of 10. Right. A lot of that, that's something you do that I've noticed in your training too, is that the number of sets will get you, you know, that you can, at first glance, it might not look so bad, but then you're like, Oh, this is seven sets of four. Wow. That's fucking, <laughs> you know, and an R- RPE of like eight or nine, like that's intense, bro. You know, and that's like a little bit of like where I research some of like Bulgarian training and with a little bit of just like, you know, some of the Arnold bodybuilding training too. What's and like, your- I just, combined it in my head yeah that's what i was gonna say have you just like kind of developed your own style then from from all that uh the the book i got most of my ideas from was from a friend of mine named jamie lewis he wrote the book called destroy the opposition and this was modeled after his style how he trained to prep for any type of like power lifting meet or anything like that that's what he would do like he was big on like 10 sets of three, 12 sets of two, 15 singles, stuff like that. And like no less than 80%. Horrible, then, oh yeah. The dude's a freaking beast. He was the first 181 to total, I think 1700. Do you know if he named his book after the dying fetus album or is that just a coincidence? Yeah. He named it after the album. <laughs> fucking awesome. Really? Yeah. Thank God. 
That's that makes me so happy. Oh, dude, he's hardcore metalhead. Yes. Which I mean, you are too. Which is one of the things we, you know, we bonded over and got you on the team over at first, is because you know we're, we're both you're the Magus of Muscle into the into the heavy metal. So, what do you listen to? What are some of your go tos uh, for the gym? Oh, it always changes. But <laughs> we, well, we got to talk about heavy metal uh, for sure. Right now, I've been listening to a lot of Backstabbed. Okay. Um, Slaughter to Prevail. And Marduk. Marduk's great. They're an underrated band. Marduk. Yeah. Have they done anything recently? Not really. No, I don't I think, think so. so. Yeah, I haven't heard from them in a while, but I always enjoyed their like older shit. I honestly don't think they've released anything in a long time. Yeah, they might not even be a band anymore. We're gonna look, I'm gonna look like a poser for not knowing. I'm gonna look that up. I, I think I, they I, are. Yeah, I still think they're together. About 99% positive on that. Yeah. No, they're good. We're in. They're in. They're still a band. But uh, Panzer Division Marduk, that's the one. I feel like yeah. the, the 1999 one, that's, yeah, Baptism by Fire and all that stuff. That's oh, great. fuck yes. Yeah. That's great heavy metal to lift to. So is Mayhem and all those, all those old black metal. All the old school black metal. Yeah, Even some of the newer ones, like Migla. I listen to them a lot for bench press. What is it? Migla. Migla. I think that's how you say it. M-G-L-A. They're a Polish Oh, okay. Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I haven't – I really haven't listened to them much, honestly. I'll have to check them out. Bench? They're kind they, of like the, the depressive black metal. I love that shit, dude. It's good for this time of year. Oh, yeah, yeah. The good good old uh, haunting black metal. I like Watain a lot as well. I freaking love Watain. Watain's great. Live, dude. Have you ever seen them? Nah. Dude, I feel like it's the most intense shit. The most to be honest, shit. I've never really been to a lot of shows. Like, you know, you can ask John. From where we're from, nobody came from. Nobody came through West Virginia. Yeah. Especially when we were growing up. Like, the closest place you had was Charlotte. He, he has told me that. Yeah, that's true. For the, yeah, for those that don't know, you guys are like West Virginian mountain men right now down there. <laughs> you got the, you got that West Virginian mountain strength in your blood. So that might, might be genetic too. You're, you know, do you think strength is genetic? You ever notice any, any of that? You're just not – some people are more naturally strong. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But at the same time, I think some people use it as a cop-out. Yeah. As a reason to not train as hard as they can. They're sure. just like, oh, I ju I'm just not genetically gifted. I'm not going to do it. Because <laughs> yeah. if that was the case, I would just be a little skinny, skinny fat dude, like most of my family. Were you a little skinny fat dude ever? Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, me too. I was skinny fat and I was fat fat. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was both. <laughs> cool, man. So what? What? what how was um? To get back to Frank and Jan, I know we, we got sidetracked on heavy metal. <laughs> what what um what what are you doing with them now? How has the training evolved, and what what are some uh some of the goals we're we're looking at? Well, we really haven't discussed the goals. I know he wants he wants a fifteen hundred total, which we all do. Yes. Um, we're prepping him for another meet in Morgantown, West Virginia, in December. So, like the prep is, they're going really good so far. We're like. I want to say four weeks into it, 
Yeah, he's been sending me updates. And, like, he's really been after it. He's just been gritting his teeth at it, and it's freaking awesome. Have you ever been to his uh, his house, like his home gym, where he's training? No, I haven't. I've been meaning to come up there, but with COVID and everything, I just I know it's been weird. We yeah, we need to we need to get together. We need to make this happen. But his garage is just I call it Frank and Jan's laboratory. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he uh, it's so fun. I mean, he just goes. It's in his house, which is so it's so cool. And it's like he has a rack and like all kinds of like heavy metal posters. And it's like a grimy kind of garage setting, and it's like perfect. I should go train there more often because he lives right down the street from me. But he just he just enters that zone and he's just like on. He's a machine. That's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Last time I was there, we we uh, we squatted. We did one of whatever your squat workout was. I think it was like ten sets of four or something like that. <laughs> Ridiculous. And we we uh, listened to the new Dark Throne album, and it was a fantastic experience. Which is great. The new Dark Throne album is really good. If you haven't listened oh, yeah. to that, yes, it is. Dark yeah. Throne never ceases to amaze me. So this one was I like way better than I was expecting. I love them always, but the, for some reason I think this one was uh was really good. And it's awesome to squat too, so check that oh, out. Oh yeah. What um so you're doing strongman now. What made you want to do that? I just like seeing it yeah on Instagram. It just looked cool to me. It looked more appealing. And like I've done powerlifting so long, but I was just getting I was just getting bored with it. The movements were always the same for me. And just like, I wasn't hyping myself up to do it anymore. Yeah. Did you just need a different challenge? Yeah, that's what it was. Like, I felt like I went as far as I could in powerlifting. Which, which, how far was that? Like, what, what were his, what's your best numbers? Because you, you got to flex on the podcast. What was, what's your best <laughs> numbers? Oh, uh, let's see. You're our strength coach for a reason. What? I, when I was heavier, I had a 650 deadlift. Um, that was at 240. Now, at 185, I pulled 600 beltless. Damn. Um, a 405 bench. And then I, it wasn't in comp, but I did a 525 Paul squat. Jesus. How long ago was that? Uh, this was earlier this year, like oh, April, I want to say. It's fucking, that's pretty impressive, bro. Seriously. And then it was shortly after that's whenever I first prepped for that first strongman competition. Oh, man. So you felt like you maxed out in powerlifting. You wanted to do something a little different. Yeah, something more yeah. challenging. Well, strongman is like, super challenging. I mean, it's like totally, it's a, it's a total different ball game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have That's to be a complete like, different animal. So how do you begin to transition your training into that? Because I guess we should say you, you've been training uh, Raphael, our warlord. He does uh, the strongman events and we're, we've been working with him and you've been doing the programming for that. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff goes over my head. So how do you, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, how do you begin uh, like transitioning from a powerlifting, like straight up strength building phase with basic movements and weights into something more strongman? specific it's fun with him because he actually has all the equipment needed my yeah. gym doesn't so like i have to just kind of wing it and go with what i've got so like i just i'll just do like there's certain movements that that help other movements so like a barbell clean and press is going to carry over to your log press 
because in my opinion, the barbell is a whole lot harder than the log because the log is just, I don't know, it just feels so much easier to me. So like I'll do more, more clean and pressing with a straight barbell during training and just progressively get heavier with whether I'm running percentages or RPEs, whatever feels good to me. Okay. So I just mix it up for him too. And like we try to work the events, of course, and just progressively overload throughout the cycle until it gets near and closer to whatever the event is. And then you, we train like specifically for the event. Yeah, exactly. Specific for the movement, which I'm, dude, that shit's so fucking hard. <laughs> I mean, for, I'm not. And like, then some of it, like you're not going to be able to train for it. Right. Because like I qualified for nationals next year. And like I looked at a few of the events. One of them is a last man standing deadlift with an, I want to say it's an elephant bar or a mammoth bar. It's an elephant bar, I think. Like no gym has an elephant bar. And for people who don't know what an elephant bar is, it's an 11 foot deadlift bar. So the plates are spread out even further. Oh, shit. Okay. So it makes it that much harder to do. That's, that'd be like insane. So what, how much, how much harder does that make it? Like, what do you think your max would be with an elephant bar versus a regular bar? Wow, no clue. Yeah. Is there any way to like calculate that? Nah, not that I know of. Yeah. Especially for me. Cause like, I like to be really tight on a deadlift anyway. Cause like my heels are almost touching whenever I'm conventional deadlifting. So like the more, the further it is away from me, the harder it's just going to feel. Do you, um, how much differently would you, do you train? Do you ever train for muscular, muscular size, like hypertrophy versus strength? Or do you kind of combine them all into, into one? Cause I know you're working just, a lot of power. I kind of just combine them all. Yeah. Honestly. It just, I don't know. It just depends on what I get bored with. And sometimes, like, once I, especially if I hit like a plateau or anything, then I just have to, I have to start doing more hypertrophy. Yeah. Cause, like, you can only get a muscle so strong before it has to get bigger. Right. Do you have to, uh, do, do you eat differently? Does your, does your diet change if you're training more for strength versus hypertrophy, or do you just keep carbs high no matter what? I, I don't do high carbs at all. You don't do high carbs at all. I thought no. <laughs> I'm actually a keto guy. Okay, I got that totally backwards. For some reason, yeah. I thought you were. Okay. I'm not. No, either. Like I'll do a That's refeed. Good. I'll do a refeed day every couple weeks because, like, the whole system with like your thyroid and carbohydrates is kind of like if you don't use it, you lose it. Okay. So if you're totally, you know, depleted from carbs when you eat them, it's gonna it's gonna be a shit show. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I always thought too. So I kind of keep try to keep balance, but I feel like, like you don't hear of a lot of fucking you know strength athletes being keto, or am I just not in the strength community? No, not really. And that was my main reason for switching to a keto diet was to kind of be an asshole and prove that yeah you, know, you don't have to eat fifteen pop tarts in between sets to get strong. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think that's ridiculous too, for sure. But so what is your diet like or what, you know, uh, if, if you were to make a keto recommended diet for like a strength athlete, what would that look like? Oh Lord. I'll just give an example of what I eat. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested personally. Seriously. Uh, typically. Okay. Say I'll wake up, I'll have a protein shake, just one, one scoop, whatever, whenever I'm cutting two scoops when I'm bulking, 
Um, my first meal is typically six eggs, uh, 10 to 12 slight strips of bacon. Jeez. Periodically, depending on what I'm lifting that day, I'll have a couple sausage patties with it. Um, a couple hours later, I'll have either sardines or like four ounces of liver, beef liver. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and then I try to eat like Dude, a pound. I'm, of, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I try to eat a pound of some type of meat too to get my protein up, whether it be like ground beef, steak. So you're, are you like carnivores? You're doing like carnivore diet, basically? It's kind of high. Like, yeah, for the most part. Like, I won't say it's carnivore. It's more animal-based because the majority of what I eat is all animals or animal byproduct. Yeah. You are what you eat, right? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, like, I'll eat, like, dark chocolate as, like, my pre-workout snack. Okay. Or if I'm on the go, I'll just grab, like, a, a Quest cookie or something. It's fucking interesting, dude. Seriously, I, I, I really have – I don't think I've ever talked to a, a strength athlete that's keto or carnivore or, like, everyone. That's probably why I assumed you were high carb because I think everyone I know or talk to, like, kind of says carbs are essential for that. Yeah, I'm the one that got John to do keto to cut for his meats, and I was like, dude, you will not lose any strength. <laughs> yeah, like, he's been doing with his food. And Yeah. So you really only tried that just to, like, challenge the norm? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, just, did, to, just to basically go against the norm in powerlifting. And it worked and you stuck to it. So interesting. I really don't I don't know. I'm just I don't know what else to when do you eat carbs? If you do. I'll do like a cheat window. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. Every two weeks, I'll do a, a cheat window of like three to four hours on a Saturday. And I'll just eat whatever I want to in those three to four hours. But once that window's over, whatever I have left, it goes straight in the trash. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Because like, if it's not there, then I'm not going to be tempted to eat it. But yeah. before on the seventh day, I'll do a refeed to where like I'll have like rice or potatoes or something like that. Like so half a cup of rice. It's like healthy carbs when you eat carbs. It's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. bread or pasta or anything like that. Interesting. Or, or I'll do some fruit maxing and have like a couple bananas, some some oranges, some apples, something like that. And how do you feel after that usually? Do you find a difference when you work out? Typically, I feel groggy the next yeah. day. Yeah. Because I, I do it late at night before I go to bed. But, like, I can see – I can feel a little bit of brain fog the next morning. Is there an advantage to doing that, in your opinion, late at night? No, not really. That, it's just, just convenient for me. Okay. I do found, like, I can't have a big meal right before I go to sleep because I just don't sleep well. But yeah. See, I'm the opposite. Like, I feel like I sleep well when I'm full. Like, I can just, like, hibernate. And when I'm, when I'm hungry, like, it keeps me awake. Yeah, not me. It's interesting. Like, if I eat and go straight to bed, like, I'm up throughout the night, all night. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's – people are so different. That's why you got to take the shit into account when you when you design programs and diets for people. Do you do you give diet advice, too, with a lot of programs, or is that just, like, kind of whatever? Not really, because, like, I, yeah. I, legally, I legally can't. I'll yeah. give people ideas. Yeah, suggestions. Similar to how I do it, and I'm just like, hey, you can try it. It might work for you. It might not. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not legally qualified to give like, you know, hardcore diet advice, but you know, sports and I have a sports nutrition certification, so I can make re- recommend educated recommendations, is what they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, that that's fucking interesting. Though. I'm gonna have to try that. I'm gonna have to you you inspire me to do a little carnivore dieting. I don't know if it's right to even call it carnivore, but I'm sorry, I don't even think I let no, you. I've do done it. like. I'll do like cycles of just straight up carnivore. Do you and, like cut off? Right now, I'll do some like cooked spinach every once in a while. Okay. Cooked spinach, um, coconut chips. Uh, that's about it. I'll do some olives. I'll do olives here and there because like I'm a big fan of chorizo boards. Yeah, for sure. That's. Do you find um what because I I've done the carnivore diet before and I felt like my energy was really good, like really uh sustained, you know, like yeah, I, that's I how mine is straight up good energy like all day long. It wasn't crazy high, but it never got low. I was just like Yeah, yeah. Like really I never good. hit like I never crashed. Yeah. And like I didn't have to rely on a lot of stimulants either. Right. Do you take uh pre workout shit? Yeah, yeah. What do you I take- do? Uh, I change my pre-workouts every once in a while. Um, I like a high stem pre-workout because I like to be cranked in the gym. Yeah. So like right now I'm taking uh, your beast. I'm taking bucked up woke AF. Uh huh. And it it seems to be doing really good for me. I like to cycle on and off those just because I feel like I lose I lose the effect if I keep doing it. Yeah. You know, is that is that is it, like I won't completely cycle off. But like I'll go from like a high stem to like a moderate stem. Now, if I'm in prep for a comp, it's high stem all the way. What other um nice? I like that. I like I like I'm all for stimulants. I drink coffee's like my stimulant of choice. So I sometimes have to be careful with the pre-workout or else it gets too weird. It takes me back <laughs> to like my, my drug doing days again, you know. Starts to get a little fucked up and dehydrated. You have to make sure you drink a lot of water when you do that. That's what I always tell people. But what other supplements do you take? besides uh pre-workout i'll take that and then i'll just take i take a lot of like immunity stuff so like zinc vitamin d vitamin c uh, i've been experimenting with nisotonic acid oh okay. straight niacin yeah and i've been mixing that with my pre-workout i've been enjoying that too if fl- the, the side effect of it is it flushes your skin it makes it feel tingly yeah so like that just gives makes me feel like like I'm just a god in the gym. It makes you feel good. I know it does, dude. I, I was on this like crazy cleanse one time and they said to take that shit before you go in the sauna because it like dilates your blood vessels and you feel like yeah. crazy. And it's just like you sweat like I guess more shit out or whatever. I don't know what, but it was it felt insane. And uh well, the nisotonic acid, it it does something like in a sense, it kind of like detoxes your blood. Yeah. Is what it's kind of what I got from it. And like it has a synergistic, synergistic effect with vitamin C. So like it makes the effects of vitamin C even more potent. Does it really? Yeah. Interesting. See, I'm learning. We're learning shit with the backwards berserker. <laughs> it's only the nisotonic acid. That's what I'm talking about. You can get the other one. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a cheaper version of niacin. Okay. I'm in. I'm I'm writing this down, is what I'm doing. I'm, t- I'm taking your I'm taking your advice. Do you take creatine besides what's in a pre-workout? 
No, not really. Like I've actually found that like a lot of like creatine powders, just straight creatine, whether it be hydrolyzed or mono, or mono they always tend to screw with my digestion. And I don't know why. Also, but it's been years since I've taken it. Just you just don't feel like you process the food as well or you feel bloated? Both. Both? Interesting. I've always I've, – I've never messed with anything other than just like a creatine monohydrate. You know, I know there's like all kinds of different creatines, but I found that to just be like the best one for me. But that, that's the most study. Hmm? That one has the most studies done on it too. Yeah. Do you uh, – what about aminos? For me personally, they're just – they're honestly a waste of money. I mean, yeah. If you've got the extra cash, they won't hurt. But we just have so something much. tasty to sip on when you work out. You eat so much protein and amino acids anyway. I don't really. Yeah, exactly. Overdo it. So what, like at I, that point, I'm just pissing them out. I got some questions from the lifting that army for you. Okay, Jer- Jeremy. John, Jan's friend, our friend. We love you, Jeremy. He asks, does the volume for me and John's training know no limits? Because he he works out with John and sometimes I work out with him. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, you, you crush them with volume and he just wants to know uh, what's up with that, bro, because you're killing me. It's awesome. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> no, that goes, that goes in hand with like the old school bodybuilding methods of like – a lot of Eastern European styles. And that's just what I love doing. And that's what I've seen to work for just about anyone who tries it. It clearly works, but yeah, usually the shit that works means that, it, you know, the exercises or the training styles people hate to do because they're hard are usually the ones that work. Oh yeah. You know? Like split squats. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ask John about all the split squats I had him do in the beginning. Like 10 sets of 10 split squats. <laughs> I was I was there for some of those for sure, man. Your training's great, dude. I've had killer workouts with John. I should do them more, honestly. I'm going to start doing We also have um, – what is your favorite – you might have already answered this with dark chocolate, but what is your favorite pre-workout snack or recommendation for a pre-workout for a strength workout? I will do – for me and my personal, like, ketogenic diet, I'll do, like – 100% cacao dark chocolate, like two to four ounces, and I'll put tahini on it and just douse it in tahini. Oh, that sounds good. I'll do that. Or like I said, I'll do – if I'm on the go, I'll grab like a, a Quest cookie or something, just some type of like low-carb protein snack. And then I always try to put – I always try to put – at least a half a teaspoon of salt in my pre-workout to keep me hydrated. And plus the sodium gives me a hell of a pump. Do you do any special kind of fancy salt or just salt? I'll mix it up. I'll use, sometimes I use iodized. Uh, sometimes I use Mediterranean pink. Do you think it makes a difference? What kind of salt? Or do you just. Yeah. Well, it? some of them, the mineral, the trace minerals in them are, they have a different content. Yeah, like I actually feel like Celtic sea salt is like the best as far as like overall for like how the minerals are distributed through it. Do you ever notice a difference in how you feel based on the the salt? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Interesting. I can do a, 
I can get a hell of a like, especially like as far as like pumps go. Yeah. I get a crazy pump. I get a, the best pump off of Mediterranean sea salt. And I don't know why that is, but that's just me, me personally. If you could pick, if you only had to do one lift for the rest of your life. Hmm. I'm going to say strict standing overhead press. Nice. Good answer. That gets everything for sure. Yeah. As long as you're pushing something overhead, like your legs are going to be pretty good and strong. Yeah. And then, you know, it throws in a little bit of upper chest, upper back, your abs. It works the piss out of your abs. Yeah. Especially the strict variety, emphasis on the strict, you know, because push press. <laughs> yeah. No popping those knees. Yeah. Because you'll see it. And like, I'm guilty of it too when I'm hitting failure. Like, it's not really a push press, but it's not strict. And like, you still got that little dip in your knees. It's kind of a hip and yeah weird weirdness going on yeah. do you ever do any sort of explosive like uh cleans snatches any sort of olympic lifts have you ever messed around with anything <laughs> i do them but they're not well they're probably not the best yeah that's why i don't teach any type of weight like olympic weightlifting. but i'll do muscle cleans and muscle snatches a lot and that helps with my log press i can imagine there's a lot of crossover between strong man and olympic lifts Technique-wise, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, w- like, weightlifting is so – it's just so technical for me. Like, I'm, I've just got too much ego to try and just dial it back and learn the technique. Yeah, it was really fascinating. I mean, I have uh, – I think everybody has mixed feelings on a lot of things, but CrossFit especially. I had to get a cr- CrossFit certification to teach at this gym I worked at a while ago. And uh, But what I found really interesting is, like, they, they really do the mythology of CrossFit. They hammer the Olympic lifts, like, quite a bit when you when you become a certified coach. Like, they really – they really are – they put an emphasis on that more than most – more than you would think. And right. I, I found that to be, like, pretty enlightening. I don't know whether you use it or not in, you know, a whole a CrossFit setting or you're doing it the right way is a whole other story. But the actual program that I took anyway, they, they really hammered those. That's awesome, though. I mean, those moves work. Yeah. Like, look at, like, the Chinese weightlifters. Like, those kids are, like, they're all animals. <laughs> yeah. And they a lot train of them, those lifts, like, three and four hours a day, if not more, honestly. Right. And a lot of them are pretty uh, unassumingly small, you know, the, the uh, Olympic weightlifters. I mean, they're, they are muscular and shit, but – you can be like very strong at those movements and not be that, you know, a big person, which I, I feel is interesting too. Yeah. Cause like I've seen videos of like guys that weigh like a buck 40 snatching three something. Yeah. How does that happen? It's all about momentum and technique. As long as the technique is dialed in perfect. And it's the only way you get good at that. Just, just by practicing that specific movement like that. Technique. Yeah. Like hammering that technique. That's yeah. I've always found that to be fascinating. Like the whole, um, you don't necessarily have to be big to be strong, but as long as you find out your your mechanicals or not your mechanicals, guy, your own mechanics, yeah, and leverages, yeah, you really ought to figure that out. Interesting, man. Well, dude, this has been sick, man. I've learned I've learned a lot. Thank you for thank you for hanging out, man. Oh, no problem, dude. This has been. Long overdue. Yeah, this is long overdue. We're gonna have to. I, I really about this 
for what two years now? Probably more, probably more like three or four, to be honest. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with 2020 just going, you just being crazy, everyone just lost a year. So I feel like it's been at least three years. But you, yeah, you've been, <laughs> you've been a name since you know on our stuff since we started. And I'm, we started in 2017 or 18. So yeah. It's been a while, but I want to get what I really want to do is get you get you and John together and film a podcast with you two. I'm definitely down, dude. That's the next one we're doing. Round table, hopefully after a training session. Nice. Yeah. I've been meaning to make it down there with him. I have to ask him, do you know did he ever tell you when he's coming when he's coming back down to hang out with you or lift with you? No, nah, he didn't. I'll ask him today because I still have to send him today's workout. Yeah, ask him if he has any plans to do that. We should make we should make something happen. That'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Well, thanks, man. I'll get this up soon, and uh, we'll we'll do it again soon, dude. You're fucking awesome, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna send you one of the new shirts for sure. Awesome, brother. I really appreciate it. I know you do, man. I really appreciate everything you do for me, man. You don't ask for much, so it's the least I could do. <laughs> and, yeah, man. Well, take care. I got to get out of here, buddy. But um, we'll talk. Bye, to you. Thank you, buddy. Bye, man. Peace. Peace.